0: we will find
1: you, and I will kill you. Yeah. I am the walnuts. Shut the fuck up, Donnie! The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist.
0: What we've got here is
1: failure to
0: communicate. Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Aren't you?
1: Was it over when
0: the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor?
2: Hell no!
0: just been remote. Open the pod bay doors now. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that.
1: You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Not because it is my name! I see
0: Dave.
1: <laughs> Today, Junior! You ever dance with the devil in the pan? i kid. You like scary. Uh huh. What's your favorite scary? Movies? The
0: price is wrong. bitch.
1: Welcome to Critics Not Cynics, the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic. And as always, I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Leslie and Patrick. How are you guys doing today?
2: I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm doing all right. Pat, you're, I know you're... Been better. have been better, <laughs> yeah. So if, if, if Pat's a little quiet today, uh, it's because he's a little under the weather, but we appreciate... Uh, you being here, and I did not know you owned a Facebook T-shirt. It's ironic. Okay, because I just noticed it. We've we've only been hanging out for for <laughs> a little bit this morning, but I just now noticed the shirt. Um, all right, so this week's episode, um, we're going to be discussing the Mandalorian season two trailer. Uh, kind of just a freeform talk about it, uh, what our thoughts are, where we think the season's going to go, and maybe some news that we've heard about. Pedro Pascal may or may not be in there for the whole season or something like that. Uh, And then we're going to talk about uh, the movie Archive, uh, which I think we all kind of really liked. And I'm really excited to talk about that movie. So with that said, here is um, the trailer for season two of The Mandalorian.
0: safety deemed such destruction you must reunite it with its own kind where this you must determine the songs of eons past tell of battles between mandalore the great and an order of sorcerers called
1: jedi expect me to search the galaxy and deliver this creature to a race of enemy sorcerers
0: this is the way
2: This is the way.
1: All right. So who, like me, is excited for season two? I am. I, I definitely think that the trailer gives you just enough to get you hyped. Right. Um, and and honestly, I'm, I'm kind of also impressed with. The state of twenty twenty and having COVID kind of impact things. I have to assume that like as soon as they were done with season one, because like they announced um, early on with Disney Plus that season two was going to premiere this year. Um, not not necessarily that it was premiering in October, but it would be in the fall. And the fact that we're still getting it pretty soon is really impressive to me, considering all of the. The conflicts with being able to uh, rec- uh, to to do production with COVID, uh, but yeah, I agree. I think the trailer
2: that they wrapped filming like four days before the lockdown.
1: That then that's good timing. Yeah, See, that
0: that probably makes sense because another show that like has season three coming out early next year, Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they finished uh, production like a long time back, so I think. A lot of these shows have been in post production, so it's just kind of navigating that.
1: Yeah, th- it's a it's a like, kind of like a luck of the draw type of scenario where if you happen to just be done with stuff, you can because people can do post production like uh, effect stuff I- I- at home. And uh, I'm I'm glad because I know everyone here on the podcast really enjoyed season one. I'm excited for season two. Uh, I, you know, there's kind of all this different type of speculation on what planets are they're going to or um, if Boba Fett's showing up. Uh, I mean, I know we've got tomorrow Morrison coming back, but I don't know if it's particularly going to be in season two. Uh, we've supposedly um, oh, why am I Rosario Dawson uh, being Ahsoka like showing up? But I would expect that to be more of a season two cliffhanger for season three we have the mysterious cloaked figure that shows up on kind of the uh, that i can't why am i blanking on words right now uh, the dock kind like of area water yeah and and he notices her and then she disappears i know you had some speculation on who that character is
2: yeah i i believe it's sasha banks uh, wwe cuz i didn't recognize her i had to go look for it cuz i don't follow anything like that but i the speculation is that she's playing Sabine
1: Wren. Right. And I think that's going to be really interesting to to bring that character into it as well. Um, I mean, I know like that's kind of the whole speculation that they're going to introduce some of the Rebels characters in here. So I'm really intrigued to see where that goes. I think the ice planet that they go to will either be Hoth or will be Ilum, um, which will be really interesting depending on which way that goes. It's, it's just like... It's a good teaser trailer, like not getting too much of the plot. Uh, we're just getting images and, and obviously some dialogue from the end of season one. So it's enough to really have me intrigued and ready for October 30th.
0: And I think seeing like the X-Wings. Yes. like And seeing the quality that they put into that. That And it's another thing that kind of goes back to um, season one at the end when they have the... Um, the TIE Fighters? Yeah, the TIE okay. Fighters. Um, <laughs> just the, the quality that they're putting into this show is incredible.
1: Yes, it, it will be nice to kind of see the X-Wings again because we only got to see them briefly in the uh, the kind of the Jailbreak episode, and they we didn't get to see them in action that yeah. much. And uh, I think we're going to actually see a nice kind of dogfight with uh, the Razorback or Razorcrest um, and uh, and those two X-Wings because I almost kind of convinced that... The planet that they're on doing that chase is best been, but that's just because of how the clouds look. I mean, it could be any other planet, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think it's going to be great. Well, you got something else? It uh, just reminded me that they did a uh,
0: Razor Crest Legos set. Uh, oh, yes,
1: yes. She got money for that? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and Leslie and I were kind of watching some stuff, and we've talked about this uh, prior to recording. News about Pedro Pascal possibly... Well, I don't want to use the word quitting because what what we listen to an article being read sounds more like being fired or being let go. I I don't know how I take those rumors. Um, and they are specifically just rumors right now. Uh, I know, Leslie, you had some good points about like about Mandalorians and the helmets and and some stuff about Pedro himself that you had some ideas on.
2: Yeah, well. Um, again, it's rumors. So I first heard those rumors. I don't know if you want me to name where I heard them or not.
1: Uh, you can f- if you feel free out. to. It's up to you.
2: Okay, I was I was watching Grace Randolph's um, reaction to the trailer when she said that she had these rumors from two different sources. And again, rumors, sources. I don't know about the credibility of sources. I don't know people in the industry, whatever. But yeah, my thoughts about... The rumor being that he was upset that he can't have the helmet off and have some more face time on the screen and that that was the whole debacle that the the creative team said no and that they had a falling out over it on the one hand as an actor i understand that that that's well within his rights to ask for and i Again, not being like a spider under the table or a fly on the wall. I don't know if he was like, I want every scene. I want to take my he- you know, helmet off all the time. Or if he was just like, can I have a couple more scenes?
1: Right. Yeah. You know, was,
2: was, was it exaggerated? Were they in a fight? Or was he just like, hey, can I have – I had like one scene last time. Can I have like three this time? Right. You know, if you're still only doing eight episodes.
0: Pat, you had something. Compared to, like, the sites that are rumoring this versus, like, his own Twitter, usually you won't see actors hyping something that they get fired from and... As of two days ago He's hyping Mandalorian Right so. Which is something like We
1: we, <laughs> right. we saw in the video uh, well,
2: We also dis- we also discussed Like he could be Contractually obligated To continue to do that Yeah
1: Or not even speak out About being fired Or let go But like I, I, I agree with like Leslie It's like Okay we're hearing things Through rumor mills Which is usually always I mean if you remember Being kids And you play the What was it The phone call game the where you game Yeah where you're yeah. One in a table And you start Start a phrase and then you pass it down and you see what it's changed to could it it, because like a lot of people are kind of from the rumor mill seeming given the impression that he was angry and furious and being difficult to work with when maybe the situation was hey i just i'm just curious could we get some more you know scenes with me without the helmet could we or you know when we're filming a sequence and the camera's on my back or i focus on another character. Can I have the helmet off so I can have some moment to breathe and, and, uh, some freedom. And then, it, you know, if he had gone yeah, to, it, go ahead.
2: Oh, I was going to say, it seems like where it all kind of like hit the fan was when he went to Lucasfilm to ask it according to her to ask if they would intervene on his behalf. And my thoughts on that were like, we were discussing before. I wonder if he was going to them, to ask about the Mandalorians having to have the helmets on all the time versus the Mandalorian creative team for this show. Because like I said, if you're maybe more of a normie or you're like me who wear like Star Wars, the Clone Wars, the animated series, that is like my favorite Star Wars over anything. And you see Mandalorians without their helmets on all the time and you see it in Rebels too. So I never understood even with season one, why that's such a hard line stance. And it's such an easy fix if they wanted to allow it, you know, a few lines of dialogue, even say that, um, Sasha Banks is Sabine Wren, you could have a few lines of dialogue between them and they go, Oh, that was never a thing on actual Mandalore, you know, and ta-da, it's fixed. But I think that he probably went to them, maybe to ask in that sort of a way, like, Hey, you know, you, you've got all these other, um, franchise or properties you Know Rebels, Clone Wars, they the Mandalorians don't have to have the helmet on all of the time. Can I have a few more scenes? You know, can you be intervening with this creative group? And then I guess that was like they felt he overstepped his bounds and it all hit the fan,
1: yeah, yeah. And and you know, we we again we don't know exactly what's going on because like what's funny is you know, clickbaity titles and and articles saying that he quit. When, you know, even sources, they say, you know, whether they're true or not, are saying that uh, Lucasfilm let him go. You know, it's like that's that's a conflict in verbiage where, you know, if you quit, you quit because you've got your line drawn in the sand saying, I want more screen time with my face. I'm not I'm not stepping down from this and difference between a company going, okay you're not going to comply with this. We're going to let you go. I, I don't think it's. It's smart and especially in the sense that it seems like everything was finished with Pascal. So like this does, it's not going to be an interruption of the character. They may change things in the season three. We-, we don't know. It's just pure speculation, but I, I don't like this kind of idea of because there are people, uh, I think the video that you and I were watching before recording was more of a personal attack towards the actor, when maybe Pascal is actually in the right, and the and the the bad guy is Lucasfilm, you know we we don't know in that scenario. And Pedro's not being vocal about it, and I feel like if he was, if he felt he was truly wronged, he would be speaking out and probably breaking contracts or something like that. If if he truly felt like he was the person in the uh, you know being wronged in this situation, kind of like with what Ray Fisher's doing with Warner Brothers right now. Um so well I'm going to wait before I you know say anything conclusively but I am it's not going to affect season 2 for me uh, and it's not going to currently right now affect my opinion of Pascal um and honestly if Kathleen Kennedy is the person behind quote unquote letting him go I don't care about her so her opinion means nothing to me um but I'm excited for it. We've only got, you know, less than a month, just about a month, uh, a little bit over a month, actually. So it releases uh, and I- I'm ready. I-, I think you guys are, too. Yeah, yeah of, I'm excited. A lot of good releases coming up in October. Well, and not only that, I mean, they're still saying WandaVision is slated for this year on Disney Plus. And, and honestly, right now, that's what, Disney Plus really needs these shows to be released because... Their premium video on demand stuff with Mulan has not really worked that well for them. I'm still not going to say that's indicative of uh, the future of video on demand versus theater releases. Uh, I think there's a lot of other contributing factors as to why uh, Mulan has not been successful on there. One of the things being, OK, you can watch it in September, but in three months you'll be able to watch it for free. That that's that, That's a contributing factor to that not doing as well. Uh, and also, kind of just political stuff with China and and people's individual preferences. But if if Disney Plus really wants to succeed, they need to start releasing original programming. Everyone is hyped for these MCU shows, uh, and I and I get it. COVID really threw a wrench into that system, but WandaVision really needs to hit about November or December. If if I'm going to keep paying for disney plus for another year you know it's just it's just kind of how it is for me um but anyone have any other final thoughts on mando or disney plus or anything else No. all right well with that uh we're going to go ahead and move into uh our review of archive uh we'll give you the premise here and then we will play the trailer um so the premise is george almore is working on a true human equivalent a.i. His latest prototype is almost ready. The sensitive phase is also the riskiest, especially as he has a goal that must be hidden at all costs, being reunited with his dead wife. And with that, we will play the trailer for you.
0: How's my man? Oh, what, no play, huh? I really hope you're happy there. I'm missing you. Not. I'm working on something to bring you back. i would never managed to connect a computer to the archive before. I waited a long time, and then I saw something.
1: It was you.
0: We had a visit from the archive company
2: project is Almore Julie, Alice. Term time so far, two years, eight months, four
0: days. She's not ready to go yet, of course. They think your robots might be based around their technology. We are obliged to act with force if necessary.
2: You made another like me.
0: I'm not replacing you. But you did it. What was she like? She was perfect. I want to go home.
1: This is home. Can you hear me? Do not let her outside under any circumstances.
0: You don't want to be trapped in a box dead.
1: She's gone. I have to try to get her back.
2: I am shutting you down immediately. What do they want? They want you.
1: guys so that was the trailer and leslie's going to start us off with her thoughts on the movie
2: okay so i really liked this movie um it's extremely visually elegant i think every aspect of it the backgrounds the sets to the wardrobe and, and the makeup choices for the robots um j2 and j3 and even j1 um, I really like the simplistic makeup choice they made with J3 when she is um, walking around. She still has she has an elegant beauty to her, but she still looks like a robot. I get, we talked earlier about the score and how I, uh, there's a particular song in there. I actually downloaded it, like as soon as the movie was over, I looked up that song. I went and I downloaded it and listened to it for a few hours. The score is really great in this. Uh, I really liked the acting. I think it was superb, both from Theo James and Stacey Martin. Um, I would say Stacey edges Theo out just a little bit for me, just as for her portrayal of the different robots. And uh, we can debate about this later, but I think for me, the weakest part of the film was the development of conflict.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, um, I pretty much agree with everything you said. Um, And, I I am going to say we will have a spoiler section um, once we're done discussing this. Uh, We, there are some things that we do want the audience, if they're going to go watch it to kind of go in blind about. Um, But for, for me, it was, it was kind of the same thing. And, and I know we talked before um, that this was giving me um, ex machina vibes and, um, and I really enjoyed ex machina, but I think with this movie, even though it's, as a concept, it's not really original. It's it's been done before, especially within the sci-fi genre. Um, this actually, to me, is a better film than Ex Machina, even though they kind of deal with robotics and the idea of humanity a little bit differently. Um, there's this thing with Theo James's character uh, of George, where um, you you can you can really identify with him. You can empathize with his character. Um, but at points when he's making certain decisions, um, you can disagree with him and, and see a sense of like selfishness on his side of of the choices that he makes, especially with uh, the development of J two and um, what ends up happening with J two and um, kind of his it's his own personal greed uh, greed to get his wife back uh, and going all these steps to to get there um, and how that affects everything else for the rest of the movie. Whereas ex Machina, Oscar Isaac's character and and I can't remember the other actor's name in that, but both of those guys are really not meant to be liked. Um, and they're they're very just inherently dark characters in that film and and it it just like there's no one for me to kind of latch on to in ex Machina, whereas Archive Like I grew attached to George. I grew uh, attached to Jules uh, and, and J1, J2 and J3. And like you said, the, the aesthetic of the film also really works for it because um, it's it's set in a, a prefecture in Japan. He's completely isolated. Like there's really only a, a bridge that can give him access to the land uh, to get out we a don't terrifying
2: bridge, right?
1: And we don't even really, and I think this will come play into play later, but we don't even really see much of the outside world. We get about one sequence where he actually leaves the compound and goes out into the world for a little bit, but most of the movie is set in this one area. It's a beautiful. Uh, it, it really just – I was very impressed from, from the start into the finish because uh, I, I wouldn't say that this is a very high-budgeted film. But with the budget that they had, I think what they used their money towards uh, most of it was what they needed to. Um, and so using it for this, these sets and using it for um, kind of the the character models and, and the design for J1 and J2. And I, I, I would have rather um, – J3 stay looking how J3 looks when you first meet J3. Um, just because I, I really liked that look. But I didn't hate when he advances her. Um, I, I did kind of like that we were now seeing kind of the actress and makeup and it looking a little bit more human and organic. Um, and I would... I would agree um, Stacy Martin definitely edges out uh, Theo um, but that's because she has a far more complex role uh, Theo's character is very straightforward written grieving husband misses his dead wife is doing everything he can um, kind of a la Frankenstein to bring her back um, so he's not very complex Whereas with with Stacey Martin's character, she's playing a dead woman. She's playing a well, even though her voice isn't really provided, she's playing a click and beep first model. And then you've got the J2, which I I really loved J2's design and J2's character. And then you get J3, who is the most advanced model and uh, just kind of the different ways she plays off of herself in the movie is really fantastic. Um, so, I think that's all I've got to say on my end. So, Pat, what did you think?
0: Yeah, just, I like the concept, um, but the movie doesn't really provide you with any sense of, like, mystery, or, it, it's a very straightforward plot, like, with the upgraded technology, they're able to, like, give people a chance to, like, say goodbye to people that have passed, or like, Kind of like
1: Upload, the Amazon uh, show. Yeah, a little
0: bit, it's a little bit but... He's basically taking this technology and trying to advance it to where she is now AI. Right. And I I like that it was straightforward, but at the same time, I wish that there was just a little bit more. Okay. I don't know exactly what. I mean, it's pretty obvious that, like, the government and the company don't want him doing this.
1: <laughs> right, and there's no—and uh, no, um, not to get into our debate section earlier or anything, but there's no— uh, there's no real world building uh, there. We don't know about laws. We, we know about these two particular companies, but mm-hmm. we don't know what type of rules are on the books about downloading human consciousness or or anything like that. So I, I would agree with you on that. It probably needed a little more fleshing out. And it was
0: also obvious to these companies that he's doing this. Like, right. <laughs> they, they knew what he was trying to do. They just. I guess they couldn't prove it, and that's kind of where the conflict, I guess, comes in. But it's not really that—it's not—it doesn't feel like it's that important. Okay. Um, the What feels important is the relationship structure between him and the three prototypes. And I think that it does a really good job of building that, and I think overall that's
1: what brings the movie together. Okay. Okay. Um. Anything else you wanted to add? No, that's All right. So, um, like I said, I, I we're going to definitely dig in more into this movie, but we really want, if you're going to go out and watch this, go in completely blind other than what you've seen from the trailer and kind of the, the points we've hit on uh, talking about the movie because I think that that's the best way to experience the film. Um, so with that said, if you want to go and check out this movie, Right now, um, this episode, of course, will release on Monday. So it will still be on sale on digital platforms for I think Leslie said she got it for five. I got it for six on Vudu. Um, so as long as you um, want to buy it, if, if you want to buy it, it is available for rent on digital platforms. Um, but honestly, between the rental price and its sale price, you're better off just buying it. And I would recommend buying this. I, I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, but we are going to go into a spoiler section, uh, so please, if you do not want this movie ruined for you, please jump out now again and then come back once you've watched the movie, uh, because I really don't want any other aspect about the film ruined for, for you guys. Uh, so you've been warned. We're going to move into it. You and had your chance. <laughs> yes, you had your chance, uh, giving you fair, fair warning, because I, I really don't want anything spoiled. But with that said... Um, I, I do have a comment on kind of what you're, you're saying about the conflict, that there is no real conflict. I don't think, and I would agree. I think Leslie and I were talking about this prior, prior to recording this morning. Um, you're, there are plot points that are not fully developed, uh, much like when he goes into the town and he meets the, the threat analyst mm-hmm. and, uh, they kind of give you the idea that someone is sneaking into the house or, or getting onto the property and stuff like that. But that plot thread isn't really developed. I don't think that that's supposed to be the primary conflict. I think the primary conflict is actually within George himself and dealing with these copies of, of jewels and, and understanding kind of individuality and, and whether or not the soul is, the soul is an individual or could it be essentially replicated and, and still be an individual soul because, uh, J one, well, he's
2: doing to each one of them. Right.
1: Well, J one is very, and again, J one's like the first prototype. It's when he realizes that he might be able to duplicate the consciousness, um, but not have a really developed housing for it. So that's why J one is resorting to like clicks and beeps. And then J two is that next step up, where J2's not necessarily aware that she was human, but has dreams about about the car crash and is has develops her own personality and her own sense of self. So when he takes the legs, this sense of betrayal that J2 feels that ends up leading to depression and, and eventually suicide, uh, I think is is really kind of a nice Interesting conflict, and that's where I say, like, um, George is this character where you can empathize with him and losing a loved one, uh, especially after kind of a, a fight and, and, and not getting along in certain aspects. Uh, but him doing everything possible to bring back the specific singular jewels and, and ignoring the fact that these other versions of her are developing their own personalities uh, and their own sense of self. And I mean, we kind of even get that with J3 when she's going, are you going to build a J4? And he kind of lies to her in a sense because, no, he has no concept for a J4. But when we get to the end, he's going to overwrite her with the actual essence of Jules. Um, So to me, that was the conflict. I know for you, you wanted something else other to that.
0: Yeah, I I see what you're saying. I think that when he's inevitably delaying his pain. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what's happening. Like, whether it's he doesn't get it right, whether it's these prototypes being taken from him, like, he's just delaying... The inevitable. yeah, Yeah, the inevitable. And I think that it's really an argument for, like, being against technological (laughs) advancements essentially um for for us because people have been trying to make ai to become more realistic Mm -hmm. and stuff and being able to like transfer people are already trying to do stuff like this right and i think it's more of a a warning just leave it let let it go (laughs) let it go grieve and then move on right what rather than drawing out your pain right leslie
1: you got Uh, some thoughts i think
2: well obviously yeah i think part of the 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 lack of the conflict for me was an expectation that got set up for me from the trailer that it was going to be like slightly more not not necessarily totally action-packed But I was expecting there to be a little more of a conflict between him and Toby Jones' character with that archive uh, company that he was going to have to maybe escape with J3 or something. They were going to have to go on the run. I was just expecting a little bit more of a development that way of conflict, especially from the little plot points that you mentioned that got dropped but then never went anywhere.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and then uh, that's so that's
2: just, that's just what I was thinking. Like something else needed to be, I don't know, developed because, you know, the whole point of really good stories is that you have this good sense of conflict. There's this tension and it has to be resolved. And I never really felt very much tension at all until the final scene.
1: Yeah. I, I, um, I guess for me, um, no, I, I differ both from both of you on this opinion. I, I think, and I, and I think it was what was the good, good part of the trailer. Cause I agree with you. The trailer sold me something else than what I actually got, but what I got, I actually kind of preferred more. And it's, again, it's that conflict that he, I think has with himself. And like Pat says, uh, drawing out his own pain, um, that the, that the conflict was more internalized and, and in all honesty, because our, our our big twist, our big reveal at the end is he's the one all along, and it's him fighting his own death in in reality, and um, that he is in fact the one that has been archived, and his wife has has moved on, or not necessarily moved on, but it, it's her, you know, final moments of letting him go. And, and not prolonging his, his uh, degradation, essentially, digitally. And um, it, it is personally his own struggle with what he can't do for her or what he's trying to save her from, he can't save himself from. And I, I think that that's why, um, considering once you get to reach to the end of the film and you get that big reveal, I, I want to watch this movie again, knowing, um, knowing that switch, because I think... You get a different. You'll get a different read on the film with certain plot points that are inserted there, that you're to think about Jules, but uh, it, it is in fact representative of himself and, and what he is currently going through. And I so I think that that's why some of those plot points about the kind of corporate espionage and and stuff like that were kind of dropped as that was never really the intent. Um, I think it was maybe a defense mechanism within his own consciousness that was trying to get him to defeat death, but it wasn't, it was him still trying to defy death and and essentially that that's, that's to me, that's like where the conflict ended up really being versus the action kind of aspect. and. This movie, I think, is really strong on character work and, and again, like thematic elements about the oh, human yeah. soul. And um, like Pat said, the whole idea of, uh, you know, is it a good idea to be downloading or uploading consciousness uh, to kind of be immortal? And, and I mean, in most concepts of what we've seen with this, and that's why I'd say this movie isn't isn't wholly original. I mean, it's a concept that has been done ad nauseum, especially within the sci-fi genre. But the execution of it and the fact that the twist that that happened, I had kind of figured out early on in the film. But there was enough there for me to kind of easily dismiss it into the back of my mind. And then when it gets to the climax of the film to bring it back and go, "Okay, that actually is what's happening is I think what makes this stand apart. Whereas Ex Machina was more of the idea of making the AI as human as possible, so human she could actually blend within, um, with around humans. And this movie's taking the concept of uploading someone's consciousness, being able to replicate it several times, and then the idea of okay, what is the meaning of individuality? Are we solely just ourselves, or can we be duplicated? And essentially those duplications develop into their own selves. Um, but that's just me. I know, I, I'm very f- philosophy-ridden on this film. so it, I think it was nice for me
0: not watching the trailer before going in. Okay. That way it didn't really set any expectations. I know that both of you kind of got different vibes from it. and mm-hmm. it, For me, it kind of just... Going in blind kind of helped, I guess. Okay.
1: Leslie?
2: And I really liked it. I mean, I mean, I really, really liked the movie, and I really want his house.
1: <laughs> yes, that house is gorgeous.
2: Maybe without the terrifying bridge.
1: Yeah. Right. I don't know exactly
0: what the budget was, but as far as like setting the uh the scenes they were done really well like all the automation and stuff like it, it looked fantastic
1: yeah i was trying to look for that too and i'm not able to find i'll,
2: I'll, I'll... i didn't know if they filmed like on on location in japan somewhere because the backgrounds were also they were gorgeous that lake was beautiful
1: absolutely um it was i mean everything stylistically about this film and i mean in it it does have um, it does have a a lot of similarities with Ex Machina, like I've already said, because uh, that's kind of how the design—not exactly the design of the house, but the idea of how the house looks and where it's set—is um, very similar uh, to to what we, we see in this one. And I'm still looking, and gosh, they are making it difficult. To find out the budget of this movie, I will point out a. Uh,
2: well, I agree with you that I like this over X
0: Machina. Uh, I, I'd probably have to rewatch X Machina just to get a better picture because, from what I remember, I really liked that movie. So.
1: <laughs> well, I did too, and like, <laughs> and and just because I end up preferring this one. Um, over it doesn't necessarily take away from like that being a good movie. Mm-hmm. I think cause in, in reality, um, they are, I'm going to just not be able to figure out what the budget for this movie was. Um, they are still technically two different films set within the same genre. They're dealing with similar concepts, but whereas one's dealing kind of more with the essence of the human soul, ex machina is dealing with the perfection of AI and, kind of the questioning of, is there a difference between AI and humanity with, um, God, why can't I remember his name? Um, the actor who plays Hux and, and he's also in in the Harry Potter movies. Um, the redheaded. Yeah. Well, that doesn't limit it in, uh, Harry Potter (laughs) Potter with the whole Weasley family. Um, but it, it, he ends up questioning whether or not he is AI or, or actually human. And so they, thematically they deal a little bit differently with concepts, but um, again, I go back to characters and and the character of George is one that I can, again, empathize with, but also be like, I don't agree with what he's doing. Like, I, I hate he sees nothing wrong with how he treats J2, but he and he's also not listening to J2 when she's talking to him and, and trying to express like because he goes, oh, are, are you all right? And she says no. And he's like, well, I don't see any damage. And, he, and then she's like, that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, yeah, she's yeah. C- kind of developed this human consciousness um, and he's completely ignoring that. He sees her as a project. But yet then that kind of changes but doesn't change with J3. And like I said, it, it, it gets this idea of like, well, he tells her, no, he's not going to create a J4, but is lying to her. By basically, you know, trying to overwrite her at the end and her accepting that and that that all that character work, I think, is what edges this movie out over for me versus Ex Machina. And I I do need to watch Ex Machina again. It has been a while. And in fact, I almost after finishing archive, almost turned it on because it's like, OK, I'm ready to watch that movie again. But um, yeah, it's. There are just a lot of different aspects to this film, and I think it just deals with deeper themes than Ex Machina did. Um, but I, I loved it. Uh, the score, it I, I would give this a four point five uh, out of five. I, I do agree. I think maybe they should have done a little bit more on kind of the corporate espionage aspect and, and create more of a conflict to. Because really, what that that is, is that's his subconscious attacking itself, and it's like trying to to get him to accept that he's he's going, and uh, and it's not really well developed. And I think that that's where I take my point off. But aesthetically, cinematography, uh, score, acting, visual effects, practical effects, all of it, I I really dug. Uh, and I have to highly, highly recommend this movie, especially if you're a fan of sci-fi.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to land on a four. Uh, I, I think that if you're going to open up plot lines and kind of just let them go, yeah. like you kind of got to either close them out, make them have some sort of importance, make there be some weight to those characters. Uh, but they, di- they didn't really do that. And then just to point out one plot hole, <laughs> It's like he goes to destroy the bridge at the end to keep them from going, but he has, like, a giant helipad
1: pad. Well, yeah, yeah, that that, I, that was, I, I, I did kind of misunderstand that scene because my impression was he was afraid they were going to cut the power to the bridge and that was going to be their only way of escape, but then he goes out and destroys the, the controls with the axe and then they just show up in big, giant planes anyway. So yeah. I was like, uh, okay, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me either. Uh, All right, Leslie, what about you?
2: Um, I think I'm going to split the difference between you and go with, like, a 4.3 or something like that, (laughs) but mostly because of all the reasons that you both said. Like, I agree with you um, with all the cinematography and everything about this, all of that, the character work on this movie being so great and highly recommending it. But I also agree with Pat that, like, you, you... out these plot lines and they, they don't go anywhere and it's not developed enough and so I think just like split the difference but still highly recommend it really liked it and I think um, people will enjoy it
1: definitely I, I agree I agree I mean this this was one that totally caught me by surprise and I remember I think because um, I, I normally check the voodoo digital store every Tuesday to just kind of see deals and stuff like that and most of my digital collection is done through voodoo and I had seen it pop up for like a theater at home thing or a new rental or something. And I was like, oh, OK, I'll, I'll watch the trailer for this. And I watched it. And I was like, eh, you know, this might be good. Uh, it might be crap. Like, yeah, it reminds me of Ex Machina. And then I know, Leslie, you and I were talking about what we were going to cover this week. And I had sent you kind of the trailer. I was like, well, there's, this is on sale. And you were like, oh, yeah, I really want to cover that. And I was like, OK, I think I can swing the six bucks to, <laughs> to buy it. And I am I am so happy I did. This is a movie I will I will definitely rewatch. Uh, like I said, I think a second viewing will um, be almost like a new experience with the new given data and, and understanding of what's happening in the film. Um, so, yeah, I, I it's it it was just it was one that blew me off guard. I, I was I was totally caught by surprise. Was not expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. I I will say that we couldn't really find like the exact
0: date where it said because there's conflicting. Yeah, it's. I think one said thirty eight and one was like forty nine. Yeah, I I'd, I'd like for technology to be <laughs> this advanced by then, but at the same time, like. You know I, don't, they, I
1: know, don't think we're gonna be there. You, you know why we won't be there? COVID. COVID just screwed us all. Um, yeah. See well, if either that or we should you have get flying get cars even
2: faster because you know how they say after you've had um, things happen like this, like in the twenties, and then technology just really took off technology might really take off next
1: year as long as it can prevent a flying car from like flying over a, a highway and running into you because uh, like that that was that was well, totally off guard you're having a nice perfect conversation i was expecting him to be distracted and, and causing the crash and instead nope it's this car that just comes completely across the other side of the highway but definitely his fault yeah totally well it's, he's a man so it's, <laughs> it's isn't it always our fault exactly uh, he shouldn't have been there <laughs> Well, she been. did she did uh didn't she ask him to put it on autopilot or something i felt like she did she and did. yeah mm-hmm. and i don't know if that would have helped things but and and that was the other thing too uh not to keep keep rehashing the movie is i don't think they had a better way to end the movie i i really thought that that was the best way to end it it's very somber it's dark um And yet at the same time, like I'm like, oh man, I really don't want him to go. I want her to figure this out that he's figured out, of course, whether or not it would have really worked because it was within a simulation, essentially. Uh, I don't know of a better way to end this film than she being the one that survived. She's the one saying goodbye. Um, It does also lead to one other question. Um, When J three answers the phone, and is talking to Jules? Is she talking to a simulation, or is she talking to the Jules out in the real world? Um, yeah, I the, uh, this honestly was just a thought that just popped in my head.
0: Um, I I wouldn't really know how to answer that. It could be a, a mixture of both, depending yeah. on how you interpret it. Um, and I think just kind of going in more, but with him trying to deal with this grief, I don't think that they really showed him dealing with the death of J2 at any point. Yeah. it's, It's
1: kind of minor.
0: It, it didn't really hold any weight for him when it really feels like it should.
1: Well, I think again, that goes back to his conflict of character and how he doesn't view them as actual, lives like they they are developing into a life and i think that that's that's the whole point like he that's that's where he's kind of a conflicted character like i like him but i also want to hate him because it's like you've ignored completely the the cries of j2 and it leads her to committing suicide and he just buries the box you know with the the memories and the, the puppy thing and the little toys like it's, I think that that was deliberate to show It's waited for us, it's waited for J1 It's waited for J3 He's the only one who's just like Alright, I'm going to continue on uh-huh. Like It's just, okay, that's a failed experiment And that even the really kind of Not going any further uh, To try to look like Okay, I'm going to send the drones up But the kind of whole thing of She's always looking at water He doesn't want her to get wet My first place would have been like I'm going to look in the lake You know, maybe, maybe something happened. Maybe she fell in. Uh, But it it just kind of shows that, that blase reaction of, I really don't care about this because this is not who I'm going to end up. My end goal is to actually download the real Mm jewels versus these copies I've created. So, but yeah, it's, there's a lot to unpack with this movie and I I just have to highly recommend it. So if anybody else have any other final thoughts or points they want to make, I'm good. All right, so with that, uh, we're going to call it an end to the episode. Um, again, like usual, you can always follow us on Twitter at criticsntcynics. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at criticsnotcynics podcast. Uh, you can write into the podcast at uh, criticsnotcynics at gmail.com. and uh, always you know follow us on whatever uh, podcasting service you you follow us on or want uh, get your podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean uh, Google play. And, uh, if you'd be kind to leave us a a rating and a review, we appreciate it. And we will uh, talk to you guys in the next one.